And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 42 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Vardy, otherwise known as Stephanie J. Barty, and this week a variety of other names too, but we won't go into that. So I figured I would do kind of a where are we now episode this week. We haven't really done, I haven't really, you know, done a where am I on my journey um, episode in a while. It's kind of all been the year of the rant. It's been kind of a interesting week for me, so I thought I would I would kind of channel that um, emotion and and let you know where I am this you know in this stage of my journey. I'm trying to I'm working on the sound quality too. So if it sounds a little different, let me know. Um, let me know if it's better. Let me know if it's worse. Keep tweaking it. I got a carpet, so you know that's a good thing. It was actually given to me. I got it today. I do was doing some work for a lady that I know. And she hires me and a friend of mine. And we do stuff for her. And uh, she pays us, you know, 15 bucks an hour. It's great. So I was working for her today. And uh, she's getting rid of a bunch of stuff. So she had this. I mean, it's not a really. It's like maybe. I'm try, okay, I'm trying to do this visually. <laughs> One, two. Maybe three and a half feet by five and a half feet long carpet. Nice light brown. I mean, it's nothing special, but it was free. <laughs> and I took it. And I got uh, a stand that um, the lady was using for DVDs. And I kind of have it in my kitchen right now. Because it fits perfectly on this little snippet of wall that kind of divides my slash dining room <laughs> from my kitchen. My kitchen, my dining room, and my living room are all one big room. There is a... I don't even know what you would call it. It's not a bulkhead, but it's kind of a... Not even a half wall because it, it only comes down maybe two feet from the ceiling. I have 12-foot ceilings in my living room. And the ceilings in the kitchen are even higher. So this is kind of a separator between the kitchen and the living room. I mean, my kitchen is only two feet wide, but it's all open concept. So it doesn't feel like very small other than, you know, you have two and a half, three feet of tile and then wood floor. So I put it there because I kind of needed something to hold spices and hold, um, baking utensils like hand mixers and bowls and measuring cups and stuff like that. I'm actually starting to acquire stuff like that. <laughs> I have a measuring cup now. I have a hand mixer now. Um, I have muffin tins so I can make muffins. I can make uh, pecan tarts. Wait, I think I just heard my sister squeal. I can make um, 
oh, I can make, they're, they're, I don't even know what they're called, but I used to make them all the time. And they are totally diet friendly. If you're doing keto, they are totally keto friendly. Um, I think I actually got it from a keto website um, that has recipes and stuff. And I line each muffin tin with bacon. And then I mix um, cheese and red peppers, green peppers, onions, uh, green onions, because I love, I don't know, I love onions, mushrooms, and I fry them all together. And then I put them in the bottom layer. And I usually do like a good inch in the bottom of each one on top of the bacon. And then crack an egg over top of each one. And, oh, that ding you heard was my pill announcement. So give me a moment. Uh, I'll take it after. I'm going to get yelled at because the person that just sent me the pill notification will be listening to this podcast on Saturday. And she will have just heard me say, I will dig it later. And I'm going to get a text message from her right after she hears that on Saturday mornings with Sally going, do what now? (laughs) I forgot to take it before I got started, but I will take it after. I'll only be like an hour late. So that's not too bad because I'll be going to bed. So it'll be okay. I'll be taking my bedtime meds and it'll be fine. So don't yell at me. Anyway, yeah, you can kind of tell. You can usually tell um, if I'm coming up to a time when I'm supposed to take my pills because my brain gets a little scattered. Oh, right. So you mix all the cheese and all this other stuff and you fry it all up. You know, you don't have to fry it if you like your vegetables a little crispier or like a little um, crunchier, a little more raw. You don't have to, excuse me, you don't have to fry them up beforehand. And then you crack an egg on top of each one and then put it in. And then when the egg is pretty much almost cooked, fold the ends of the bacon over it. And it usually only takes maybe two or three minutes in the oven. So the bacon is still fairly floppy by the time the egg starts to solidify. So you pull the the, the uh, bacon over top of the egg. So what you're basically doing is making a a bacon egg cup. (laughs) Oh, they're so good. I love them. I actually, I have to go and get some groceries tomorrow. So I will probably pick up some peppers because now I want those. And I have a muffin tin. I'm, I'm amazed at the things that I am starting to acquire. Like I look around my apartment now and it's like, it looks like I've been here a lot longer than just over a month. And I think the big difference is putting pictures on the walls, hanging pictures and, you know, decorations and little personal things on the walls instead of just leaving the walls blank and just having the furniture. Kind of adds my personality to the place. And I love my apartment. I do. I absolutely love it. And, uh, It's funny because a year ago today, I was still living with my ex. Now, the relationship was over. And I think, sorry, the heater just kicked on. And I've already turned it down as low as I can without completely losing the heat in here. This is Ontario. And now this is weird weather for the weather that for the time of year we're in. 
Um, I mean, we're in May, but I mean, <laughs> it has been known to snow on May 24th weekend, so uh, you're going to have to just deal with the heater. And come wintertime, if you can't handle listening to the heater, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not turning it off because I don't want to be a lupusicle. Thank you very much. So, yeah, a year ago to it, the, a year ago last May, I was still living in Midland, and I I was a wreck. I was a mess. I was spending more time at my sister's than I was at home. I didn't want to be at home, and um, the relationship between my ex and I had been pretty much over since well, I've been over for years, but it kind of hit a. a pivotal point um just after christmas we'd had a conversation and decided that i was going to go and spend three months with my mom in florida and we were going to give ourselves that time and space away uh, to see you know if absence makes the heart grow fonder well i didn't need that long it, it i didn't and a year ago this month in, in May, I was, I had made the decision I was leaving. I just hadn't made the decision as to when. I hadn't said the words out loud, you know, and I'm not going to lie. The hardest, one of the hardest things I have ever done, if not the hardest thing I have ever done in my life was walk out that door, was to pull myself together enough to summon enough courage to walk out that door and I sit here a year later and I look at what I've been through in just this this year you know from May to May and I am not the person I was a year ago um, I was looking at a, a picture on my computer that I have is my wallpaper from February of last year. And I am not that person anymore. I am not that same person. And I mentioned to my sister Crystal tonight um, about some of the things that I wanted to talk about and that, you know, I kind of wanted to go back to the roots of where this podcast started and how this podcast started. Because this journey kind of started... Um, on Mythbits, and it kind of morphed over, and Lupus Bits was born. So I kind of wanted to go back to that, and she's like, "No, no, 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 you know that's not who you are anymore. You know, you leave that stuff in your rear view." And I'm like, "No, no, wait, wait, wait! <laughs> you don't understand." <laughs> she is. I I love her to bits. I really do. She has been such an amazing support system and she's not even going to hear this so I'm not saying this to make her feel good because she doesn't have time she used to listen to my podcasts faithfully but I know what her life is like I am I talk to her a thousand times a day so I know how busy her life is and I know that for her to sit down and, and actually listen to a podcast is a little difficult right now so I'm not saying this so that you know she'll go oh that's so sweet because she's not even going to hear it but she has been the one person who, no matter what I've decided, no matter what direction my whirling dervish little brain decides to take me in, has always gone, okay, I think you're being stupid, but let's go. You know, I, I got your back. 
Um, and when I told her that I was leaving, she said, um, I'm going to call you in an hour. Uh, uh, okay. You know, thanks for sitting here and talking to me. I'm, you know, falling apart and you know, I'm going to call you in an hour. And she called me an hour later and said, okay, here's the deal. Brian and I talked about it. You can move into the trailer. You've got a place to go. You've got a safe place to stay. We will look after you. I am here, arms open. We will help you get on your feet. And don't worry about it. Just, you've got a place to go. So that kind of made that transition easy. I mean, I guess easy is the wrong word. <laughs> Looking back on it now, easy is the wrong word to use because it was not easy by any stretch of the imagination was it easy, but it made it, I had a soft place to go. I wasn't going to a shelter. I wasn't running home to my mom because there really wasn't room at my sister's for me. Now, not saying that my sister, like I talked to my brother and sister before I had left, told them this is what I'm doing. This is when I'm going. Um, my ex already knew by that point. And my brother had said, you know, if you can't find a place, if you don't have a place to go, we'll make you a place in the basement. And my sister said, you know, we'll figure it out. If you need a place, you can come down here. But I needed to be with, I'm not exactly sure if this is going to make sense. So I'm going to say it and then I'm going to explain it. I needed to be with family, but not family. So Crystal is like family, but... I didn't grow up with her. She's not my mom. She's not my aunt. She's not my, my sister. She's not my brother. You know, she's my sister by choice, not my sister by blood. Her perspectives and her suggestions and her helping would be totally different than that of my mom or that of my sister. I mean, my mom just wants me to all of a sudden, you know, don the gray hair, put on the pink fuzzy slippers, grab a walker and join her in the single ladies old age club. <laughs> you know, once the world opens up again and we can travel, you know, she has it in her adorable little brain that I am going to be her traveling companion. You know, I am going to help her with her dog and I'm going to help her with her bags and I'm going to do all the heavy lifting and she's going to pay for our vacations. I'm not entirely okay with all of that. <laughs> but, you know, COVID has actually postponed me having to have that conversation with my mom to where you know I need to sit her down and say okay mom I'm a big girl now like no really I'm a big girl now I'm all grown up <laughs> almost a quarter half a century I'm all grown up I don't need to you know travel the world with my mommy although it'd be fun she's gone some gone to some really cool places I mean she's been to China she's been to Turkey she's been into Istanbul she's been to Egypt she's been to uh, sort of been to Paris she's been to Paris France like I've been to Las Vegas okay it was she touched down in the airport in Paris France they ran across the airport to catch their connecting flight to Turkey I think I can't remember where they were going. So that's about how long that she saw Paris and about like the time she was in Paris. So it's kind of like when, when I went to California, I touched down in Las Vegas and got picked up and whisked out of Las Vegas right quick and in a hurry and then down the highway into California. So I was only in Las Vegas for maybe an hour and a half, <laughs> I think. 
I'm not sure. Most of it was a blur. So, you know, she wants to go to Paris. I'm game for that. I would love to go to Paris. I would love to just soak up the culture. I want to go to Ireland. I want to go to Scotland. I want to go. I want to go. But I don't necessarily want to go with my mom. When we were in Florida, (laughs) she was in bed by... Okay, she wasn't in bed by 8 o'clock, but she was in pajamas by 8 o'clock. And we were on the couch watching some movie on the Hallmark Channel until 10 o'clock, and then we would watch The Golden Girls. Yep, go ahead, giggle snort. The Golden Girls until 11, and then she would toddle off to bed, and... I would get into bed and I would watch another couple of episodes of the Golden Girls because my bed was kind of in the living room-ish area. Then I'd I'd go to sleep. We would be up early the next morning. I would take the dog for a walk. Now, mind you, at the same time, I was writing my full head off. So I didn't really explore much. I didn't go out by myself at all. Um, If I did go out, it was always with my mom. We would go shopping with my aunt. I went to the beach with my sister. You know, I was I was very dependent on other people. I want to take excursions by myself. You know, where somebody else isn't, you know, making the hotel reservation. Somebody else isn't deciding on the restaurant we're going to eat in. Somebody else isn't saying, okay, this is how long we're driving for today and then we're going to stop. That drove me crazy. Drove me crazy. Because, I mean, I like driving during the day. My favorite time to drive, especially... Highway driving is at night. I love driving at night, especially when it's warm. Roll the windows down, turn the tunes up, and, you know, you're golden earring down the highway. You are... Okay, the band completely just flew out of my head. Oh, the Eagles. See? Flew out of my head. You know, you're whoever you want to be in the dark. It's... I just... I love it. I love driving at night. That's something that I used to do, and I think that's something that I'm going to get back into doing is I would go, um, now, when I was living in the trailer, it was a little difficult because the slightest noise outside and um, Willow, the wonder dog, would lose her mind and she'd wake up everybody in the big house. So it was very difficult for me to come and go after a certain time because Willow would just lose her mind. She would bark, people would wake up and it'd be like, ah, oops. And then, you know, the next day, where were you? What were you doing? Blah, 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 blah. So it was very hard for me to just, you know, go for a, a drive down to the beach and, and sit on the beach and listen to the ro- the waves come in. It was very hard for me to just go for a drive through the country and, you know, get lost in the constant stream of trees going by my window. But now that I have my own place, I can get back into doing that. And I would do that a lot when I was living in Midland, when my van still worked. I would just I would need to get away, I would need to clear my head, I would need to think, I would get in the van, and I would go. And that's something that I'd like to get back to. Because if there's one thing I love, it's... And if you know me at all, you know the one thing that I love doing is getting in the car, cranking the radio, driving the country roads, and singing the top of my lungs to my favorite songs. I want to get back into doing that and having my own apartment. I can come and go as I please. I want to go out at two o'clock in the morning because I can't sleep and go for a drive. I can do that. So that's something that a year ago I 
wouldn't even have been able to wrap my brain around doing. Mind you, COVID. Here I am now, and I look back, and I see all the changes. Um, One of the things that have changed is my physical um, winter was not kind <laughs> being living in a little tiny trailer where I didn't have a whole lot of room. And this is the excuse that we're going with. This is what I'm telling myself. So just don't shatter my bubble. Okay. Living in a little tiny trailer. I didn't have a whole lot of room to do my workouts. You know, I had like a foot and a half here and a foot and a half here, and it's not a lot of room. So they kind of dwindled off to nothing. And uh, my eating habits weren't great. I suffer from um, seasonal depression on top of everything else. So winter is not a great time for me. So I tend to eat a lot of really crappy foods in the winter to make myself feel better. And potato chips are my kryptonite, man. Potato chips and dip will take me down. (laughs) You would not believe the things that I would do for a bag of chips and a jar of French onion dip. Telling you, you want somebody taken out? All right, I can do that. Bag of chips, jar of French onion, onion dip. Woohoo! Look at me go. I put on a few pounds, like fifty, and I'm not impressed. <laughs> I'm not, and I did like I I paid money. I got the noom, and I was doing it, but. It was starting to drive me nuts because it was all reading. It wasn't telling me what I needed to do. And I mean, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do. I had a simple workout that my sister showed me how to do. I was doing it with her and I was seeing results. And that's really, honestly, I need to stop eating the chips. I need to stop drinking the sodas. The pop, sorry. Canadian friends. I, I, I spend more time talking to Americans than I do Canadians. I really got to fix that because I'm losing my Canadian here. But I drink a lot of pop. I eat a lot of chips. Um, Some days it'll be like a bagel for breakfast and then toasted tomato sandwich for lunch. And then, you know, some other bready something for dinner. So I'm not eating a whole lot of fruits and vegetables. And I'm the one that does the grocery shopping. I can't blame the fact that there aren't fruits and vegetables in the house. On anybody else about me. And that is something that I have had to adjust to in the last year. Is that I'm the one responsible for the groceries. I'm the one responsible now for cooking the meals. I'm the one responsible for paying the bills. If there's not something in the house, I can't blame anybody else anymore. I can't pass that responsibility off. I can't sit on the couch and go... I'm hungry. What's for dinner? I don't want that. And complain about the food that somebody cooked for me that didn't have to cook it for me. (laughs) I mean, I will say being on my own um, has made me appreciate some of the things that my ex did do for me. And he didn't have to do. Like the cooking. Because I hate cooking. I hate it. I hate it. I'm not a fan of cooking a meal, you know, the cutting and the frying and the mixing and the cooking and the waiting. I want to just do the eating. Unfortunately, when you live alone, there's the cutting and the cooking and the the mixing and the waiting that all has to happen. And I usually decide to make 
a meal when I'm already hungry enough that I'm nauseous and salivating. So there have been times, I'm not going to lie, because, you know, this, these emotional podcasts, these ones where I'm real and I'm raw, I don't hide anything from you guys. So I'm not going to lie. There's been times that I've been cooking up a meal, like dinner, while I'm noshing on a bag of chips or eating a piece of cheesecake or, you know, having a peanut butter sandwich while I'm cooking up my chicken, which is a stupid thing to do because by the time the chicken's cooked and the rice and the vegetable, I don't want to eat it because now I'm full from the peanut butter sandwich. But I feel guilty because I cooked it and I don't want to waste food, so I eat it. And then I'm over full. I need to just stop procrastinating. I need to, you know, and I mean, I will start something and I will go great guns for a couple of weeks, even doing it. And then I won't see immediate results because I'm a very impatient person. <laughs> I know, hard to tell, right? I am a very impatient person. When it's something that I really, really want, like deep down, really, really want, I am very impatient because I want it now. I don't want to wait. I want it now. And part of my depression is I'm lazy. I, I'm, I'll admit it. I'm lazy. I don't want to put the work in. I want to take a magic pill and be perfect. No mental issues. No physical issues. You know, blink, my work is done. I don't want to put the work in. I do put the work in on the really important stuff. I put the work in. But I kind of got a... Now, I told a friend of mine that this was his universal clue by four. You know, this was his wake-up call. But it wasn't just a wake-up call for him because... Um, I suffer from something very similar, nowhere near as bad as his is, um, but you know, I've had 10 years to get used to it. So <laughs> he's still learning. Um, it's kind of a wake up call for me because I've been kind of complacent about my health. And when the seizures started again, that was kind of a, Oh, all right. Um, we need to pay a little bit of attention and I got myself back on my regular schedule and I'm still not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm still not great with that. I'm still having seizures more than people realize. And I need to get back on, like stick to that schedule, not, you know, forget a dose or take it like an hour and a half later. Like, uh, my 2.30 dose on Saturday, I don't know, one of the days I was over at, at my sister's and the day just completely got away from me because I was looking after her and, I mean, this isn't, I'm not, I don't think I'm blaming this on her. Oh, Saturday, yeah, it was Saturday and I didn't end up taking my 2.30 pill until like, I think it was like 20 after 4. So that's too long. Because then I couldn't take my 6.30 pill at 6.30, so everything was out of whack. You know, with the weight gain too, it's kind of like, all right, you know what? This is putting a lot of strain on my heart. I need to fix this. Because I'm not getting any younger. I'm not, unfortunately. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. I don't... I haven't seen the inside of a hospital, touch wood, and... Ooh! Wood, not Mike. Wood. Touch wood. Not don't touch Mike. 
<laughs> Shut up, Mike. I haven't seen the inside of a hospital room in three years. Yeah, three years. Yay. I'd like to, you know, make it a whole lot longer. Make it another three years and then another three years after that. Because they tend to keep me. And when they keep me, they keep me for a really long time. Like we're not talking three or four days. We're talking three or four weeks, sometimes months. So, yeah, no. So I need to get my health under control. I need to get my physical health under control. My mental health has improved greatly since um, I started this ridiculous journey in... Oh my gosh, how long have we been doing this? <laughs> um... I think it may have started in, okay, I want to say November of 2019 is when I kind of started this journey into and being waved at. I'm wrong. <laughs> Was it earlier? Okay, hold on. We're going we're gonna to see if we can go with, with, with signals from the live studio audience to, wait, we got... Two, wait, two, zero, two, zero, one, what? Two, zero, two, oh my gosh, this is not working, okay, so, one, January, okay, one, five, eight, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, me and my live studio audience really need to work on our hand signals, because I don't know if he blessed me, cursed me, or just wrote a number in the air. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it was it was on Mythbits anyway when I started doing this. Oh, maybe it was January of 2020. Ah, January of 2020. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna ask him later how he knows that. Anyway. Oh, no, never mind, because I just heard his answer in my head because I pay attention. <laughs> this is actually, this This is turning out, when I was setting up for this podcast tonight, I was fairly certain that within about 15 minutes in, I was going to be, you know, crying and doing the, <gasps> you know. It's actually turned out surprisingly different than what I had expected it to be. Uh, but we're not done yet, so, you know. <laughs> You never know. But, um, yeah, we started this journey a, a long time ago. It's not over. It's not over by a long shot. Um, I have to get my physical well-being under control. And my mental well-being is a lot better. Um, and because I'm back on my schedule for my seizure meds, for the most part, um, that also helps balance my moods. My emotional health is still not great, but it's getting better. I don't even know where to begin with that. To be honest, I don't. But, you know, I've got things that I need to work on. I mean, obviously, everybody's got things they need to work on. But I am, I am more confident in myself, in my own abilities, in my own company than I was a year ago. I am more confident in my ability to care for myself and be on my own. And it's funny because 
when I would be in the house alone before, I always had to leave the bathroom light on. I always had to leave the bedroom door open and because it really bothered me. You know, something was going to come and get me. I needed to know if somebody broke in the house. I needed to know, you know, not remembering. I have a dog. There are 5,000 cats in the house I could have picked up and thrown at an intruder while I ran away. You know, my dog would let me know if somebody was breaking into the house. But no, I had to have the light on because I was afraid to sleep in the dark. Here, and somebody died in this apartment. Like, that's how I ended up getting the apartment. I wander around my apartment every night in the dark because never fails. And if you're a woman, you will understand this. You've seen the memes on Facebook and I can guarantee you every woman over 40 has looked at that and gone, oh yeah, uh-huh. The one where, it, you know, you see the little cat, grumpy cat and it's stomping off to the bathroom and it says, you know, that look you have when you've just gotten comfy and have to pee. Because it doesn't matter if you go and you pee and you wash your face and you brush your teeth and you comb your hair and you do all your things and then you pee again. And then you pee one more time just to make sure. And then you get into bed and you get all comfy and you get your leg pillow because, you know, now we need a leg pillow. You get your leg pillow situated. You get your head pillow situated and you get the blankets just perfect. And I like my blankets a certain way. I like my sheet over top of my comforter and it's got to be just all nice and perfect and you get all comfortable and you finally get the arm in the right position and the leg in the right position and you're all squiggled in and you're wiggled in and, you know, your feet are in the right position and all of a sudden your bladder goes, wait a minute, I wasn't done. And you roll over and, okay, if you've ever been camping, you know, when you wake up in the morning after you've been drinking the night before... <laughs> And I can, see, I, I can mentally, in my head, I can see Mike and I can see Misha. And if Crystal does listen, I can see her going, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you wake up in the morning and your bladder's going, you gotta pee. And you roll over and you try and find a new position to lie in to relieve the bladder a little bit so that, you know, it doesn't feel like you have to pee because you don't want to get out of bed yet. Well, you do that a couple of times because, you know, you just got into bed. You just peed three times. You shouldn't have to pee. And you get comfortable. Nope. I give it 10 minutes. 10 minutes tops. And I'm whipping the blankets back. And I'm getting, throwing the leg pillow. And I'm stomping out of bed. <laughs> and I get halfway through the kitchen. And I realize I should have told Alexa to turn on the living room light. And, ah, uh, you know what? I'm not going back to do it. I'm just, I'm going to go pee. So, my living room is fairly well lit from the outside lights. Because I am on the main street. There is a huge street light right outside my living room window so my living room is fairly well lit but once you get through the kitchen and you go down the hallway to where the front door is in the bathroom it's a little dark down there and my bathroom there's no windows in my bathroom so it's really dark in my bathroom i do i will say i do turn the light on in the bathroom just for the simple fact that it is pitch black in there and i want to make sure that my butt hits the toilet and I can find the toilet paper and I'm not fumbling around in the dark at, you know, 11 o'clock at night making a whole lot of racket. Because, like I said, my bathroom is right inside the door to my apartment. Like, you open the door, there's the bathroom. There isn't even, I don't even think, an inch of space between the bathroom door frame and the apartment door frame. And it's a narrow hall. So, it's like a corner. So, it's like this little itty bitty corner. 
And when I first got the apartment, I thought, okay, this is going to take a little getting used to. There's going to be a whole lot of, you know, Febreze air spray happening. And I'm going to make sure I close the door. And I'm not sure I like the bathroom being right inside the apartment door. That's the first thing people see when they come into the apartment. Well, let me tell you what. As a woman, over 40, three kids. I was out shopping the other day. And I came home, pulled into the driveway, and my bladder went, Yes, we're home! Woohoo! Wait, no, I still have to go upstairs and like bring all the groceries. What do you hold on? <laughs> hold on. Placated my bladder for about a minute, got all my groceries together, made sure I had the right key, because I'm telling you, the closer you get to that bathroom, the more excited your bladder gets. And if you're not prepared and and quick. Because anybody who's ever really had to pee knows that once your bladder is full and it has registered in your brain, warning, warning, incoming bladder release, nothing else in your body works. Your brain doesn't work, your hands don't work, your feet don't work, your eyes don't work, you can't talk, and you are completely deaf. Nothing in your body works except for your bladder. And until you empty that bladder, nothing is going to work. It's like everything shuts down. So I had to make sure I had my key ready, everything ready, because the hallway's dark. I get up here, I get the key in, and of course the key's going to be difficult, because of course nothing's working. <laughs> so it takes me a minute, and I get the door open, and I get in the door, and I drop the bags, and the toilet is not even two feet away from me. Yes! <laughs> I'm like, okay, I now appreciate the bathroom being right inside the apartment door, because if I had had to go, on, had to go any farther into the apartment, there may have been a problem. I may have do, been doing it cross-legged, doing the pee-pee dance all the way to the bathroom. I didn't have to do that, thank you very much. But I'm, I'm not afraid at night by myself. I'm not, I thought I would be. Because I had a flimsy little door lock and my deadbolt, I mean, one good kick and that door's coming open bang on it with your shoulder and it's going to pop open. It's just a wooden frame. But I lock my door and I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not, I, I get into bed and I have no problems falling asleep. I sleep with my back to the door a lot of times. My bed is in the middle of the room, okay? I used to have to have my bed up against a wall or, I mean, it took a long time for me to be able to sleep with my bed in the middle of the room when I lived in Midland. And I still, my, my feet, like my bed faced the door. My feet were at the door. So if something came through that door, I would see it immediately. Here, my bed is over on the wall, the one wall, my door's on the other wall. So I, if I'm sleeping facing the back wall, my back is to the door. I'm not going to see something coming in. It's going to be on me and over before it even registers. Oh, hey, you're not supposed to be here. I'm not afraid. I do my dishes. I make my bed. And I do have to remind myself, um, still have to do it quite often. Like not every day like I did when I first moved in, that this is my apartment. I don't have to keep my room clean because, you know, it'll make my mom happy. I don't have to do my dishes because, you know, my brother and my sister won't look at me like I'm a slob. I don't have to pick up my clothes and keep my bathroom clean 
and, you know, position my furniture a certain way because it'll keep somebody else happy. I can do whatever the heck I want. This is my apartment. Mine. Everything I've put in here belongs to me. I've put it away. I know where it is. I can go and get it. Now, mind you, I have had a couple of instances of I'll put this in a safe place and haven't remembered where that safe place is. There are a few things that have disappeared in this apartment already. I'm sure I'll find them. Just haven't found them yet. <laughs> I know they're here. I know they're here. I know I have had my hands on them in this apartment. So I know they're here somewhere. I just can't remember where they are. And one of them is a barbecue lighter. Because I went to light one of my candles the other day. And I'm like, where the heck did that barbecue lighter... Oh, I know what it was. It was my gel candle. Um, it had gotten dusty. So I wanted to just melt the top layer so that it was all clear again. And I'm like, oh, I'll go get my barbecue lighter. So I went and I opened my utility drawer. And, and you know, my hammer's in there. My tools are in there. All of my warranties and manuals for all of my appliances are in there. And no barbecue lighter. Oh, I swear it was in there. I put it in that drawer. It's not there. I I can't even begin to think of where it would be. <laughs> so I do have to get my my little bowl out and throw some change in there and and ask the house fairies to bring back my barbecue lighter. Um, and I I can hear some of you snickering, going, "Oh, you know, she's off her rocker. Don't believe in that kind of stuff." You can call it whatever you want. The energy of the house, the, the energy of the land, the, the housewites, the fairies, the fae folk, whatever you want to call it. Ghosts. It's not ghosts, though. Whatever. I believe in the energy of a place. I believe in land whites. I believe in housewites. And I had a bowl um, in Midland. We had a bowl of change. There must have been about 30 or $40 in change in this bowl. And our kids would steal money out of our wallets. Our kids would steal money right out of your pants pocket. My ex would take his pants off and drop them on the floor and go to bed after his shift when he was working midnights. And the boys would sneak in and scoop the change right out of his pocket. Right beside him while he slept. They'd go in my purse. My daughter would go in my purse, take my money. Go in my van, scoop out my change. None of them would touch this bowl because they knew. And then my daughter-in-law moved in when she was pregnant with our granddaughter. And uh, she scoffed at the bowl. She laughed at the bowl. Now the bowl sat on the family altar and, and she, uh, she, what is that? And Katie, she was only 12 at the time, I think, looked at Tabby and she's like, that's for the fairies. And Tabby's like, that's for what? She goes, that's for the fairies. You, you leave them shiny things, and they will leave your shiny things alone. Um, and she went, <laughs> okay, y'all are crazy. So her brush went missing, and she was very upset by this, and she was tearing her room apart, and she was cursing at Katie, and she was yelling at me, and who took her brush, and yada, yada, yada. And I was sitting on the couch, and I very calmly said to her, put some change in the bowl. Ask them to bring back your brush. And it took her about two days. She finally came down and took all the change she had in her wallet and she threw it in the bowl. She says, all I have are, are dimes and nickels because we had a bunch of pennies in the bowl. And she's, I'm like, that's fine. 
They like the shiny stuff. They like the silver stuff. That's their that's their jam. You know, if they can have silver over copper, they will take silver over copper. Don't give them iron. Do not ever give them iron. Anyway, she went back upstairs and not 20 minutes later, she comes I bum, 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 as she comes running down the stairs. I found my brush. <laughs> Where was it? She goes, was sitting on the dresser. Do you know how many times I've cleaned that dresser? How many times I've looked on that dresser? It was sitting right there on the dresser. She never doubted the bowl again. Now, whether or not it just, you know, she just missed seeing it, whatever, the brush was there. So I've always had a bowl and I've always made an offering to the energies that protect me, to the energies that protect my house, whatever you want to call them, whatever your specific religious spiritual path says you know that you follow that that you bless your home and you you thank the the energy that protects your home that's that's what that is for me um i know my other daughter-in-law her grandmother was roman catholic and she would burn specific candles um, in her home and she would, um, she would pray. Wow. This woman can, could pray. Holy moly. This woman could pray. She was devout. Like we're talking four hours a day of prayer and not just, you know, 45 minutes here, an hour there, two hours, no, four hours, solid straight of prayer every day. But she had um, crosses in her house and she would anoint them every day with holy water and thank, you know, God for protecting her house and, and protecting her family and, and, you know, bless this house. So that's what that bowl is for me. So I don't have one here. My ex and I decided I took my silver bracelet because my grandmother had given me that bracelet and I had put that bracelet in the bowl as an offering to them to protect my grandma. And I did this, um, oh my gosh, when she was living in the villa, when my grandfather was still alive, so eight years ago, nine years ago, I put that bracelet in the bowl. And because she had just fallen and she broke her collarbone, she broke her ribs, she broke her wrist. She flew like eight feet. She tripped and she flew like eight feet. And she was in her 80s. She broke a lot of stuff and she was still at the beginnings of Alzheimer's, so Getting her to do her physiotherapy was difficult because she'd forget. So I went over there every day and I gave her her little smiley face rubber ball and squeeze this, Grandma. Come on, squeeze this, Grandma. I did this earlier. No, you did not squeeze the ball, Grandma. And I'd make her mad so she'd squeeze the ball. Because she couldn't tap her foot because she had bruised her hip when she fell. So her leg hurt. So she'd squeeze the ball because she was mad at me. You can always tell when Grandma was upset because by the speed of her foot. So I would make her mad and she would squeeze the ball and exercise the ball. So when we were packing up and dividing up all that stuff, he kept the bowl and the change. I took my bracelet back. So I need to, I haven't set up a bowl yet. Well, kind of, kind of, kind of have. I have my, my blessing candle holder. I haven't hung it up yet, which is why I don't have my offering bowl set up yet because I haven't put my my um, divinity light up so once I get that up then the bowl will be right underneath it um, and that is where I will do my devotions 
And that's set up beside my bed because that is something that is private and personal. Yeah, when in Midland, I was more out there with what I was and what I believed in the path that I followed. But now it doesn't need to be, I don't need to shout it from the rooftops because it's, it's not a, a look at me, look at me. It's just what I am. It's who I am. It's what my moral compass is guided by. It's what I weigh right and wrong against. It's, you know, who I am. And if you like who I am, then what I am doesn't matter. That's the way I see it. And my relationship with divinity is my relationship. It's nobody else's. It's mine. So I have that in my bedroom beside my bed. And I do my thing every morning. I do my thing every night. And, you know... That's where it is. And I haven't decided where I want to put certain things yet. That will come in time. I've just kind of figured out my directions. <laughs> you know, it's really easy to figure out where east is because my the front of my apartment faces the east and the sun comes through in the morning. My plants are doing so lovely, by the way. I have beautiful plants. I couldn't grow plants. I was the killer of plants. I would look at a plant in the store and it would die. Like, no, you're not buying me. I'm dead. Just leave me here. I'm dead. Don't take me home. And I have managed to keep these plants alive, which I think is one of the 12 steps in a 12-step program. <laughs> Buy a plant. Keep it alive. So I'm doing well. And whatever step that is, I'm doing well. I've kept several plants alive. And that is about... As far as I want to go with having any kind of life form here with me, I don't want a pet because I want to travel. And if I have a pet, I got to find somebody to look after that pet or I have to take that pet to the vet and get the papers that says I can take the pet with me. Then as I'm traveling, I have to be able to find places that will accommodate my pet. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. My mom likes to travel with her dog because she says it gives her someone to talk to in the car. I have plenty of people to talk to when I'm in the car. I talk to my dad. I talk to my grandfather. I talk to my friend Dana. Because they all travel with me no matter where I go. Every now and again, I talk to Dave. Most days, I talk to Crystal. But I have people to talk to. I don't need a pet beside me putting dog fur all over my seat. Where I am in my journey... I guess I'm still figuring it out. I'm still finding me. I have found that I am a lot stronger than I thought I was. I am a lot better than I was. I'm finding out definitions to things like friendship, loyalty, commitment, dedication, love. I'm learning what those all are and what those all mean. Because I don't think I entirely knew what any of those were. And I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that I have all the answers now. That I know what this is and what that is. Because I don't. I don't think anybody ever really does. You just 
find people that you click with and go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to like kind of be with you for a while. See where we go. And I think that's kind of where I am right now. Finding people that I want to be with, that I want to spend time with, that I want to share parts of my life with, if not most of my life with. Um, I don't share all of me with everybody. I just, I'm not there yet. I can't just hand over the keys to the kingdom and go, you know, have access. <laughs> you know, here's your all seasons pass. No, I can't. I keep, I still keep things behind walls and, and I still have insecurities and I still have doubts and I still have fears and worries and questions, you know. And I think it'll take a long time before they go away, if they ever go away. Because I have had a lifetime of not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy, not feeling right, if that makes sense, you know, not feeling um, accepted. And I posted something on Facebook that says, you know, I'm a lot weirder than you think. My mom commented on it. It always freaks me out when I see my notifications and, you know, my mom has commented on something that I posted on Facebook because you automatically go, okay, what have I posted lately on Facebook? And did she see that? Um, but my mom knows me. <laughs> she knows I'm, I'm just not right. And I, you know, the meme said, I'm a lot weirder than you think. And she posted, you come from a weird family. You are perfectly normal. <laughs> I'm like, how dare you insult me like that woman? I was very proud of my weirdness and you've just made my weirdness normal because I've always felt that. All right, here we go. Now we're going to get into the, I don't even know how long I've been talking because again, laptop way over there. I am way over here. I cannot see how long we've been going at this. I really don't care because I've been pretty much told that I can talk for as long as I want to. If it's two hours, it's two hours. If it's three hours, we're going to have to stop so I can get some water. I'm getting a thumbs up from the live studio audience. And I still have a plethora of things that I want to say that I had made a mental list of, okay, I want to mention this and I want to mention this and I want to mention this before we get into all of this. So actually, I'm going to take the time right now. and We're going to do that. As you'll notice... There is no plug for the podcast this week. Why? Because submissions closed for the OCC on the 30th. So, we don't have any new plugs for you yet. Chris, you get a reprieve this week. <laughs> and you know I'm teasing you. But look for plugs in the future. So, we don't have any this week because submissions for the OCC have closed, and the judging has now begun for the contestants for the first round. Good luck, y'all. What else did I want to mention? <sighs> I don't know. What else did I want to mention? I wanted to, you know, tell you about the OCC and why there isn't a plug this week. And remember, if you want to plug your book, if you want to plug your product, if you want to, you know, 45 seconds... Get a hold of of um, me and I will put you in contact with the right people to find out the prices for a 45-second spot in my podcast. And I have a large reach. You'd be amazed. You'd be surprised. My numbers are fairly decent, so people are going to hear you. 
Anyway, you probably noticed there were two posts on Facebook about our fearless leader. <laughs> I'm smiling and waving at him right now because he is my live studio audience tonight. Um, he has kind of been a little under the weather. Uh, well, he's been a lot under the weather. And he has been in the hospital for the last couple of days. And everybody who has posted on the two messages, sending him, you know, healing vibes and best wishes and all of that, y'all are awesome. You really are. When I posted that, I just wanted to kind of let y'all know what was going on. And I wanted you to send him best wishes. And y'all stepped up. And he he does so... You'd be amazed at the amount of stuff that he does for the company, not just the magazine, which is a product of the company. Like Some of you may not know this, but the company's huge. We have a lot of different facets to the company. The magazine is just one of them. And we have been working, the board has been working really, really hard to you know, get MythBits up and run, or uh, MythMart up and running and bring you new contests and new content, new podcasts, new stuff, and events like Scarefair and PCE. And he heads all of it. He has his fingers in all of it. So when he went down, quite literally, panic mode set in. Because he runs, he he does almost everything. And I, I'm kind of like, oh, <laughs> how long is he going to be down? And what do we as a collective need to do to keep everything afloat until he comes back? And when I actually sat down and made a list of everything that I felt I would need to get in contact with people to figure out how to do, I gave me anxiety. <laughs> it's not even my list. <laughs> like, holy crap. What I'm, I'm trying to say is, you know, I'm glad that he is doing better. I am glad that, you know... He's still here. I'm very glad that he is still here and that the problem is very serious, but it is manageable. It is, I don't want to say fixable. I mean, it is fixable, but he's going to be okay. He is okay. And he will be back. I think um, we as a collective need to kind of up our game in the fact that we need to step up a bit more and take on the responsibility of the roles we've been given and not just accept that or, you know, expect, not accept, but expect that, you know, Dave's going to do all of these things for us and learn how to do them for ourselves, you know, like putting the magazine together. I had come up with contingency plans. There would have been a magazine. It wouldn't have been as pretty. <laughs> I will guarantee you that right now. It would not have been anywhere near as pretty. Everything may have ended up on one page. <laughs> it might have looked like a newsletter because I can do that. But 
there would have been a magazine. We've already got somebody looking after Myth Mart. So that would have been like, dude, that's on you now. <laughs> as soon as, you know, like Dave got a hold of me and said, can you get a hold of Walter, who's running, heading up the OCC? Walter and I talked, and that was the last communication Dave was going to have to give me. Walter and I had everything else handled by that point. Thank you, Walter. You totally rock my socks, dude. And, you know, my next steps were getting a hold of the administrator for Scarefare and PCE and, you know, all of, like, getting a hold of the board members for the company and, okay, this is what's going on. What are we going to (laughs) do? Each of you are ahead of your department. Now you need to be the head of your department. If you need to create a department, then create a department. But we need to pull this together. And I just hope that he knows that I joke about it, but he is not irreplaceable. Not by a long shot. We are all here for him. And I think I speak for everybody when I say, dude, take care of yourself. We want to keep you around for a long time. Okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to make sure he was listening. So yeah, and his health scare is what kind of inspired this podcast because I've kind of done a lot of reflecting and a lot of of looking at, you know, well, what would have happened worst case scenario. And I don't just mean like on the business aspect of it, but the personal aspect of it for me too, like what What would that look like for me? What would that mean for me? Yeah, I don't like it. (laughs) Not even a little bit. Nope. Nope. Yeah, no. (laughs) No. Nope. Nope. Still can't talk about it. Nope. Um, And it kind of made me me pause and uh, reevaluate some things and, and... reposition some things in my life and come to, I don't know if you'd call them life-changing decisions, certainly path-changing decisions, directional-changing decisions. You know, you come to that fork in the road and then a strong wind comes by and knocks you off your feet and you get up and you're completely turned around. Um, Yeah, kind of like that. And then you kind of look at where you thought you were heading and realize that that's not the direction you were meant to go in to begin with. Reevaluate that. Yeah, that's kind of where it put me. And once I, I got back up and brushed myself off and went, what the hell? Did anybody get the license plate of that truck? A lot of things that I was very foggy on and I was very undecided about um, became very clear once I'd made those decisions and okay this is this is what it's going to look like this is what it's going to be a weird sort of I don't know if you'd call it a calm but I don't know I don't know what I would call it. it it not a calm because a calm there's a feeling that goes along with the calm it was more of an empty like you've got this this basin of muddy water, muddy, gritty, sedimenty water. And you've emptied out the basin of this water and now you're left with this clean, empty vessel. 
ready to be filled with clean, clear water. And that's what I want to fill it with, is clean, clear water. I don't want muddy, mucky water. I have no use for muddy, mucky water. It doesn't do you any good. So that's kind of where I'm at now. <laughs> you know, well over a year later, and that is where I'm at now, is I am that empty vessel. I am cleaned out. I am, oh, that sounds wrong. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Come on, send the texts. I'm waiting. But I am empty of the muddy, dirty, foggy, unclear water. I want to fill my vessel, fill my life with clarity. I want to fill my life with, I don't want to say purity because that just sounds wrong. <laughs> and anybody who knows me, y'all just like snorked on whatever you were drinking and it came out your nose because yeah, right. <laughs> it's just, yeah, no, my hair color is not even pure. So we'll just avoid that altogether. I want to, to live authentically. I want to to live, to be authentic, to be real, to be clear and concise and and honest. Like, I've always been honest. I don't, <laughs> ask my mother, I don't lie well. <laughs> don't even bother trying. Um, I tried to call in sick one day to work and I called my mom and I'm like, I'm not coming in. <coughs> I'm sick. I called her back 10 minutes later and I'm like, I lied. I just don't want to come to work today. And she's like, I know. <laughs> it's fine. I knew you were lying. Go and do whatever it is you were going to sneak off and do. Have a good day. You deserve a mental health day. Go and do your thing. Because we worked six days a week at, at my mom's business. So every now and again, I would call in and I would, you know, have the Friday flu. <laughs> she would laugh. So away I'd go. Anyway, so I want to be me. I want to be me. I don't want to be afraid of being silly and, and having somebody, you know, tell me, oh, you know, you're being ridiculous. I don't, I don't care. I want to be silly. I want to, um, if I want to tell, you know, and I do with Crystal all the time. I tell her all the time, you know, I love you, babe. And she's like, oh, I love you too. And I give her a hug and she kisses me on the cheek and I kiss her on the cheek and we go about our day. And that's how I want my life to be. If I care about you, I'm going to tell you. I don't care if you like it. If it makes you uncomfortable, say, hey, you know what? It makes me a little uncomfortable. I know how you feel. You don't have to say it. It makes me uncomfortable. Oh, all right, fine. I respect that. I will respect your, 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 how you feel. But I am too old to guess. I'm too old to question. I'm too old to wonder. I want my relationships with people to be clear. To If there's boundaries, I want those boundaries to be clear, laid out. This is where my boundary is. This is where my line is. Don't cross it. And I think part of that realization, part of that epiphany, if you will, kind of happened last night in a conversation with somebody who I hope is still a friend. We didn't end the conversation on a friendly note. 
and I haven't heard from them today. So, but I had to lay down my boundaries. I had to lay down my truth to them. And, and they didn't take it well. So, uh, if you're listening, I'm sorry that your feelings got hurt. And I'm sorry that you did not get the response that you were hoping for. But like I said last night, I have never lied to you. I have never told you anything different in any way, shape or form. And I wasn't about to start. I think that kind of woke me up a little bit and and made me realize that there are boundaries in my life. There are, I don't know, I don't even know what to, to call them. I don't know. I don't know. He had a misconception and I had to be very clear and very concise and, you know, straighten out his misconception. And it kind of made me realize that a lot of people may have the same misconception. I may have to do a lot of clearing up, but if I do, I do. I'm not willing to allow people to think one way or the other about me and to treat me the way they think I should be treated because of their misconception, if that makes any sense. You think I am a this type of person or I am that type of person and you're going to treat me as such when I react negatively to that treatment, you better be prepared to hear the reasons why. You better be prepared to discuss how very, very wrong you are. And you better be prepared to have your feelings hurt. I won't intentionally say things to hurt your feelings, but he was heading in a direction that I was not interested in going because I'm going in a different direction. And that's where his feelings got hurt. And it kind of made me rethink a lot of my friendships, especially with guys, because, and I, I did, like, after the conversation with him ended, I messaged quite a few of my male friends and went, hey, you know, like, I need to know. <laughs> Do you have this misconception? Like, do you think this way too? And thankfully, most of them went, no. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, phew. Because I was going to have to like either end or redefine quite a few friendships. But I spent a lot of time last night going over the entire friendship and trying to figure out where... A, he would have even come up with this idea and B, what I did to give him this idea. And I don't know, I can't remember everything I've said word for, well, I can, but I've gone over everything that, that I can think of and I know I have a clear conscience and I can't, I'm not sorry for the way the conversation went. I'm sorry for the way it ended. I probably could have handled that 
a whole lot better. At least not used as many swear words. <laughs> he, 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 like I said, he got his feelings hurt and I found out that he was the type of person that when his feelings were hurt, he tends to use a lot of really nasty names. And there is one name, one word you don't use, you don't say, you don't write down, and you certainly do not call me. And he did. That is the main reason, the main reason why I ended up going off like I did and why I have not messaged him today and said, you know what, we should we should talk about this. Because I don't want to talk to him. I don't. Lately, I've been writing in the mornings when I'm sitting here having my coffee, I will write two lists. One is my work list. The other is my personal list. And these are things that I want to accomplish every day, in the day. On my personal list were, you know, defining certain relationships, defining certain roles with people in my life and um, laying down, you know, discussing clear boundaries with some of these people, like my mother, for one. My mom, I, I love her to death. I really do. But she has a very skewed view of where her boundaries are. Um, and I need to lay down, sit her down and say, Mom, these are my boundaries. I need you to respect them. Clarity is a big thing for me lately. That's the one thing that I've been asking from people in my life is be clear. I need clarity. I need, I don't need to assume. I don't need to guess. I don't need to wonder. Say what you say. Say what you mean. You know, and I do it with Crystal all the time because she'll, she'll like give me like, you know, um, and I mean, normally I know what she's talking about. Like she was at um, one of her client's house and she said that, you know, this house is perfect. The others, I knew exactly what she meant. Not that it was occupied by live people and ghosts, but that as you exit one room, you close the door before you enter, before you open the door and enter the next room. The entire house is laid out like that. You have to close one door before you open the other door. The others. Um, but she has said something and I'm like, okay, her and I had to lay down boundaries because her and I are very codependent upon each other. We always have been. We have known each other for 15 or 16 years. And we have always been mildly codependent on each other. And then when I moved into her trailer, we became very codependent. And she knows that I'm going to be traveling in the States and I'm going to be visiting people in the States. And she is more than happy to support that. She is more than happy to, you know, help me do that and, you know, see me off and talk me through my road trip and everything. But she says it can't be forever. I have to come back because she's very codependent and she will need me and she will miss me. <laughs> oh, so, you know, and when I go, when I get my gypsy on and I'm wandering around, I do have to come back home and see her. And my mom's the same way, except my mom wants to be the gypsy and me to gypsy with her for months at a time. And I just, I, you know, 
I need boundaries. I need clear limits. I need clear, defined relationships in my life now because I have enough things that are questionable, that cause self-doubt, that cause anxiety. I don't need the close relationships in my life to be one of them. Because if that's the case, then do I really need that relationship in my life? Case in point, being the friendship that probably ended last night. I don't need that in my life. I don't want that in my life. I am an equal opportunity friend. I am friend with boys, girls, people who are gay, people who are trans, people who are bi. I don't care. I see the soul. I see the person. I see the personality. I don't see the package that it comes in. I don't care. I don't care. But apparently, some people don't see things that way. So, yeah. So that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm at a good place. I'm not at a great place yet. But I am well on my way to a great place. I have moments of greatness. I have moments of peace. I have moments of contentment. I have moments where I am completely and totally and unequivocally happy. No question. I'm happy. Happy, happy, happy. And sometimes it's just for that brief moment after I've put the creamer in my coffee and the coffee touches my lips. That instant I am happy because I'm drinking my coffee that I made in my apartment. Except for this morning because I forgot to set the coffee maker up last night. So it was grumpy coffee this morning. But yeah, so I wanted to give you all an update as to where I am and what I'm doing and how I'm doing. And uh, we will be back. I will be back to my normal ranty self. Oh, I know what else I wanted to tell you. I am now had my first vaccination and uh, waiting for my superpowers. I'm hoping for invisibility or um, the ability to teleport, but I will be happy with flying. That would work. Or being able to run at the speed of light. That'll work too. But according to my friend Neil, <laughs> if you looked on my Facebook wall after I posted, you know, I've been vaccinated and waiting for my superpowers. According to Neil, and I think my mother chimed in on this one too. Um, like he's been telling everybody, it's super villain powers. And honestly, I am okay with super villain powers. I'm completely and totally okay with super villain powers. Why? Because even the villains have cool powers. You know, even the villain. Look at the look at what Loki could do. Thanos. Although, now that's that, that that's an entire podcast altogether. Was Thanos really a bad guy? Really? Was he really? We're not going to get into that tonight because that's going to be another two hours. So, yeah, I've been vaccinated. I've had my first vaccine and my second one I can book after September. Um, But if they have any, um, like if the government kind of, you know, gets their act together and we get vaccines sooner, then um, I will be able to get it sooner than September. But by... PCE Scarefare, I will be double vaccinated. Yay me. I'm still masking. I'm still social distancing. I mean, I just had the shot on Monday. And oh, man. (laughs) Oh, it was awful. 
The shot itself was fine. And my arm, like my arm's a little tender today. And I think that's only because I walked into Brian's elbow. And when Brian's elbow was up, that is the, the height of his elbow is the height of the top of my shoulder where they put the shot in. So, I mean, his pointy little elbow went right into my shoulder where they put the shot. But the pharmacy, the pharmacist was amazing. I didn't even feel it. Like it felt like pressure. Um, the girl before me, she's like, oh, I feel it. It's burning. It's burning. Oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. And I'm like, oh, great. So I get in there and he puts it in. He says, okay, I'm done. I'm like, it's in already. He bust out laughing. But I said, like, I did all it felt was like a bit of pressure. And it was the way that he kind of pinched the skin. He put pressure on the skin around the site where he, when he was putting the shot in so that it kind of, I don't know what it did, but it didn't hurt. And I got, I can raise my arm. I can, I can, uh, oh, pressure point. Acupuncture. Yeah. Okay. It was like acupuncture, pressure point. Anyway. Um, I can raise my arm. I can move it. The muscle is stiff, but not like Crystal. Like, she couldn't even raise her arm up. Her arm hurt that bad. Um, and it did kind of teach me a lesson. When you put something out into the universe, be specific. Which I'm constantly telling Dave. When he says, something, you know, this is what I want. I'm like, be specific. Say exactly what you want. Everything. Like, like don't just assume because you're going to get exactly what you put out there. And I said, please, I don't want a sore arm. Well, I got that. I got the not sore arm. I also got the chills. I also got the fever. I also got the body aches. And I got the poops. Two days. Well, I would say probably about 24 hours. It started um, Monday afternoon. I got the shot at 1030 in the morning and... The trips to the bathroom started about 3.30 Monday afternoon and finally let up about, I'd say about 6 o'clock Tuesday night, they finally let up. The chills finally broke this morning, about 6 o'clock this morning. I, that's, I know I had chills at 6 o'clock this morning and I haven't had them since, so that's why I say they, they broke about 6 o'clock this morning. I'm still experiencing a bit of the fever and my body still feels like I've been hit with a baseball bat um, in pretty much every joint that I have. <laughs> and I had to work today too, so that doesn't help. And Brian even turned to me at one point and he's like, you know what? He says, I appreciate you today, Lou, because you've just got to be dying. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> just... We're just going to move a little slower than usual. And I mean, he knew I was hurting because he even, you know, he made a comment about how I wasn't, I didn't have the strength that I usually have. Um, that's something else too. Like fatigue has been a big thing. I've done a lot of, of intermittent sleeping, <laughs> but today I was like, I was dragging today. I really was. And I noticed I didn't have the strength that I normally have. Like, some of the things that I was picking up, I moved into that house that we were moving it back out of. I'm like, I don't remember this being this heavy. And Brian's looking at me like, it's not. It's the same weight that it was before. What's the problem? And then he's like, oh, 
and he knew. And that's when he said, you know, like, I appreciate you. You've got to be hurting. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So we decided that we were just going to move a little slower. And if I needed to set it down, because normally I can pick something up and carry it right to the destination. Brian and I just go up on the truck, off the truck, whatever. I don't need to stop every five or six steps and set it down, catch my breath, and carry on. Um, I did develop an interesting side effect. And I'm not sure if it's just the way that I was laying on the couch all day Tuesday or the way that I was laying in bed. But I can even take my hand and I can push on that spot and I can feel it. But when I take a deep breath right at the bottom of my ribs, it feels like somebody's stabbing me with a fork. It hurts. And I say fork because it feels like it's two-pronged. <laughs> it's like two different spots. So that's why I say fork. I mean, it's better now. Um, it's starting to feel like just a pulled muscle now. So where I take a deep breath, it feels like it's stretching. But last night, holy moly, every time I... I, like I said to, I was talking to Dave last night and I, we were texting and I texted him and I said, every time I yawn, I yelp every time I yawn. <laughs> he thought that was kind of funny. But I did. Every time I yawn, I would get to like the the pinnacle of the yawn and there would be this, this weird, I don't know, I can't even reproduce the sound. It sounded like a wounded puppy. This This noise would emanate out of me. <laughs> Because I would, you know, you get into a really good yawn and you reach the peak of that yawn and then somebody would poke me in the side and it would make a noise. Yeah, I'm still kind of recuperating from that. I had the AstraZeneca um, and the people that I've talked to, the AstraZeneca takes a bit longer to, if you're going to have side effects, it takes a bit longer to kind of recuperate from them and they can hit you like four days after too. So I'm kind of lucky in that respect. Like I know a few of my friends, my one friend, um, Deb, she spent basically nine hours on her bathroom floor. She didn't know which end to put on the toilet. She was going from both ends. It was horrible. She said it was like the worst 24 hours or the worst nine hours of her life. Um, and then she was fine. Then she was fine. Uh, some people have a sore arm. That's it. No side effects at all. So if you're going to get your shot and you're worried about side effects, don't, you can't listen to somebody else's side effects and compare them to yourself. Everybody reacts differently. But the one thing that helped me get through the side effects and not just curl up into a little ball and cry and go, oh my God, I'm dying. I did a little research. I did a little reading. I, yes, I'll admit I did a little Googling. But, and I, you know, talked to my sister. And when you get a vaccine and your body reacts to it, like the flu shot, and your body reacts to it, that's your body fighting off the foreign bodies that have just been injected into you, which means your immune system is working. Your immune system is now kicking into gear to fight that virus, that particular foreign body that's been put into you. Which means I am a COVID fighting machine. <laughs> I'm going to go out and spread my cells everywhere. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yes, that was a sarcastic dig at 
the, you know, shedding people. I'm not a snake. I don't shed. I'm not going to shed contaminated cells on you. How can you shed contaminated cells on somebody when you have to stand six feet away from them? I can't even throw a baseball that far. So anyway, I'm going to wrap this up for this week because I could just continue babbling on for probably another hour and I don't want to. So <laughs> see, honesty, um, I'm going to wrap this up. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook. You know, my digits, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. If you look, you can find me pretty much everywhere. So I will catch you all next week, and I will have another rantastic episode for you then. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. Stay sanitized. See ya. Carry on all the way you want, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry